Hello, beautiful queer people, and those who don't identify as such. You are listening to Being Queerish, and I'm your host, Harshit. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing something really personal, which actually I haven't really shared with <clears throat> a lot of people as of now. And if you were to ask me, the main inspiration for this. Um, <clears throat> So sorry, excuse me. It's a recent call that I received, and I believe it. I'm sorry. Believe it or not, I actually had to sit down to, re- you know, to write about this. It's a very sensitive topic, and I'm so sorry. My voice is cracking as this much. <clears throat> It's a very sensitive topic, and in many ways, triggering for me. Hence the voice cracking. and i know it actually might be that way for a lot of other people as well so first of all consider this a definite trigger warning about sexual assault rape talking about rape depression and a whole lot of other things and if you think that you cannot handle it i'm talking to your survivors as well as some other obnoxious people who think that you know we just are being noisy please go off right now i don't care if you have a relationship with me or not um given that this is not supposed to be for you this is supposed to be a, for people for others who have been in a position like me and if i'm talking to the survivors if you don't think that you are at a stage that you can talk about it listen to it don't worry i understand but if you think if, if if you can just hear me listen to my voice while i talk about my experience do that i want to say that i am ready at this point hence i'm making this recording i'm uploading this right now here i never thought that healing or moving on from this whatever happened but it did believe me it did it all all of it starts somewhere anywhere so believe it when i say from experience that you're going to be okay someday so let's just get on to it i actually wrote about this a long time ago in my journal come sharing diary uh, my therapist at the time she told me um, if you cannot talk about it first you should write about it if you if you want to or if you are comfortable with that and i was i did write about it and recently when i uh, thought that i was comfortable with it i sent it to two of my friends i want to say it's easy but it's not it so was not so it's not as easy right now as well so i'm going to read what i wrote in that diary please uh, bear with me it was a school night the homework was done and i had my dinner the awaiting day had something in the store that i wasn't as comfortable talking about this was in 8th standard when i was in 8th standard the day wasn't as frightening as that one biology period was we were supposed to be reading the chapter 8 and the teacher said this chapter was not going to take a lot of time it it'll be done way faster than 
any other chapter because there was not a lot of ground to cover <clears throat> my views were a little different the chapter was named how do organisms reproduce i read the chapter believe me i did and all i did after that was laugh the morning came i went to school ringing of the bell the sound of the shoes running around the hallway the smell of the chalk dust was all the same yet something still didn't sit right the teacher entered the class and the session began she started with asexual reproduction in plants concluded with sexual reproduction in animals and she was right there actually wasn't a lot of ground to cover we were one and done with it you know all the hydra examples all the amoeba examples we were all done with it in just one period but then came the recess and that's when it all started did you know whispered a girl no but obviously i had a hunch i mean how else do you actually explain a marriage the other one said while talking her nonsense and taking her lunch box out yeah now it all makes sense i mean people get married and then on wedding night you know and then a baby is born the first one finally figured it out wait so you think our parents did it too the second one asked Ew, gross. Oh my god, why would you think that? I finally inter- interrupted. Yeah. That was me. The ew. Gross. Why would you say that? Kind of reactions. I kind of like it though. I thought that I was innocent at the time. Believe me, I was. Well, we're all thinking it, aren't we? I'm just the only one who said it. First one said, we all finally started eating our lunches while occasionally looking at each other. Do you think the boys knew? The first one popped again. They probably knew before any of us. The wise second one replied and they both burst into laughter. I looked at both of them and said, "I didn't." And they both started staring at me. "Well, of course you didn't. You're l- like us girls, nah. How would you know?" she declared, the first one. "Hey, Harsh, don't sweat it. Most of the boys might not have known until now." the second one tried to console me hey you sit with us eat lunch with us go home with us believe it you're kind of a girl the other one replied hey stop picking on him the first one said and threw her spoon at her wow never thought i'd have ladies fighting over me like one fighting for me one fighting at me So I actually didn't say anything else. I just took my lunch, found the nearest harmless boy in the class, went to sit with him. "Hey, can I sit here?" I asked. "Yes, yeah, sure. How come?" he asked while putting something in his pocket. "How come what? That you're sitting with me today? That your girlfriend's cast you out or something?" He looked and then he looked at the girls. "No. Why? Can I sit with a boy?" I hesitated but asked. "You can, but you usually don't." Anyway, what's up? Nothing. Hey, can I ask you something? I asked. I while placing my lunch on the table. He said, "Yes, sure." Did you know about the chapter before today? I, you know, kind of whispered. He's like, "What chapter?" I was like, "The biology chapter eight." He's like, "Why are you whispering?" And he's like, kind of smiling. He's like, and I'm like, "Tell me now. Did you know?" and he said obviously i did you didn't he astonishingly looked at me i was like no should i have 
I felt kind of defensive. I, I won't lie. His entire smile transformed into a laughter. Leave it. I knew this was a mistake. I said, and I got up to walk. Hey, wait. Okay, listen. Come to my house after school, and I'll tell you how did I know before you. And there's a bunch of other stuff that the teacher didn't tell the class. You know, we boys were kind of better at this than the girls. I mean, I know so much more. It only seems fair that you do too. He asserted by placing his hand on my thigh, and he looked at me and he smiled. I guess that was one of the signs that I should have just walked away. But I didn't. That excitement of getting to know something new or something that you know we think that we are learning something or whatever I thought. So I did. I went to his house afterwards. We started talking about it, all of it. He told me everything. Or like showed me on his computer how sex can be a reproductive process and an act of pleasure. Argo, he showed me a porn video. Yeah, uh, um, not. Uh, he was nice. The guy. I mean, I had a question. I was like, how can it feel good? I mean, I saw the girl in the movie and she was literally shouting and crying. How could she possibly enjoy that? And he said. That's her way of showing that she is enjoying it, and so does the guy. I can show you. I was like, "Show me what? How it's pleasurable?" The intrigued me, the extremely conspicuous. What's the word? Conspicuous. Whatever. I asked like, "Okay, how?" I was like, "So, I don't know. Interested." Excited, intrigued, and he said, "Well, I'll just do what the guy in the video is doing, and you be the girl." He replied. I was like, "Why would I do that?" Uh, uh, um, I felt so defensive, and I, and I said, "I'm a boy. You be the girl." And then he's like, "Wait, how old are you?" He asked. And I'm like, "I'm 13." He's like, "I'm 15." So obviously, I'm bigger. And then he's like, "Wait!" And then he unzipped his pants, pulled out the thing, his pinga, his penis, and I have to say the feeling that came afterwards was not that of disgust or awkwardness. I mean, there was a little bit of awkwardness. You know, the guy just got naked in front of me, but I kind of liked it. I felt attracted to the entire situation, but at the same time, the way he was looking at me scared the living shit out of me. It was almost like you know how a tiger would lurk behind a deer before he attacks it. And then he said, "See, I'm, I took my pants off. Now your turn." And then he tried to unbutton my knickers. Strangely, I didn't resist. He pulled me towards him, which felt kind of exciting. But then he turned me over. He took my hands. held them behind my back and quietly whispered don't worry it won't hurt much i said why would it hurt wait i i i don't feel good i don't want to do this no please stop i i screamed and he was like chup kar meethe give me a second i i just have to and then he spread on his penis started rubbing it on my bum cheeks I started shouting, "Please stop! I don't want to do this." I cried, but he didn't listen. 
So I closed my eyes, waited for something to happen. I felt a pinch and a pressure in my butt hole. For a minute, I thought maybe I should just give in. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point in resisting? But then I don't know how it happened. I just took all the force I could gather at the moment, and I pushed. I pushed really hard. And he hit his head on the table on the corner, and I started running. He ran after me. I ran as fast as I could. I exited. I exited his house. Went down the stairs. When I was in the lobby, I ran into his mom and his sister. They were entering the building. I just tried to get out quietly, but they recognized me. Her, his mother called my name. I turned with the tears in my eyes, and my face all red. She looked at me and she just stared. I couldn't like look at her face anymore. In the moment, I I just I just want to be out of that building, out of that situation. In some ways, I think he might be aware that what he did was wrong, invasive, and cruel. But I also think that that isn't always the case. I've lived in India for a while now, well, for my entire life now, and all I've seen is that majority of men here they just they take things, they take whatever they want, whenever they want, and however they want it. They don't really think about anyone, any, any anyone else, anything else. It's, it might just be an observation, but that's that's my observation. What I've seen, my father he he took my mother's I want to say self-respect because he felt entitled to it. I might be able to talk about it somewhere, somewhat ahead in the future, but maybe not now, not right now. I mean, and and she might curse, she 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 might shout, she might, she will scream, but she will still stay with him. She'll stay, she'll stay married to him, no matter what he does. And that just, that is just the norm in our country. It does seem that she's being brave or strong or whatever she's doing by putting on that smile and still doing all her chores. She might see that she's doing that for us. She's doing, and that might be true. To an extent, but I don't think that it's just about us. I think it's dumb and it's cowardly because she's a woman who is very outspoken. She's very brave, but she's still choosing to stay in a condition which is harmful for her. Again, it's just my opinion. Coming back to that, I saw that boy each and every day for the next two years, and never, never, in his eyes did I see any remorse. Or any guilt, he was all the same. Like nothing happened. I I really didn't want to come out with this in the way that I'm doing, you know, right now in a first person narrative. But I guess if I'm gonna ask people to share their stories, I'm gonna have to do the same. It's like Demi Lovato said, "If you talk that talk, you better walk that walk." So. I'm, I'm choosing to share this with you, and I don't. This isn't the first time that I'm sharing about this, or I have spoken about it in my last episode. I mentioned it, and I guess some of my old high school friends got a hold of it through my social media. One of them circulated it around. I guess the reason behind that would be they all just, you know, sat back and laughed at it, 
which is the most apparent thing they did all of the time that I knew them I was spending with them in my high school but someone else also got to hear it this was the guy the guy who assaulted me and I can I I I I cannot believe he did what he did but he actually did it he called me the bell rang and I answered he said hello this is Harshad Bhatt I told him one and only he introduced himself and asked me how I was doing he introduced himself he said his name and I froze I froze and I felt fear and anger more fear than anger and then more anger than the fear fear of did he hear about it or what's he going to do and then anger of why the fuck do i care he asked me to listen to him for a moment before i hang up i complied given that i was not able to get any word out any words out so you know whatever he said that he had heard my podcast and he couldn't help wondering if he was the guy that i was talking about i said who who else do you think i i broke my silence and said just that he said just listen and then he took a breath and next thing he said was sorry he said he's sorry that he did that he's sorry for all that he did or didn't do for the next 2 years he said he's sorry for a lot of us for a lot of stuff i was still speechless i i i the anger the rage the fear was still it it was still there i was still waiting for the other shoe to drop and then i started here to hear him you know crying or sobbing and then and then he said that i didn't want you to know that but um, at the time but i think now i can tell you that i am bisexual yeah he said that he said he is bisexual now and he's in saying this to make an excuse but at the time he was figuring shit out and didn't know or frankly he didn't actually care how and who he hurt while doing that <laughs> then there was a silence and i asked him do you expect me you know do you expect me to believe you forgive you just because you say that you're bisexual now he said you don't have to believe me or accept my apology i just wanted you to know that i'm sorry and that's it i was like is that it you done he said he was so i hung up i hung up i put the phone down plugged in the charger went into the bathroom took out my towel put it in my mouth and i shouted i shouted so much i i cried i sh- i screamed not in a way that anyone would hear me just in the way that i could just let anything out i i knew that i was having an, having a panic attack i knew that it, i was i was slipping away i i i came out i i did multiple things my therapy tools you know the breathing techniques the 
the the singing i but i couldn't stop thinking about it this incident which happened to me which i don't think that i know i did not ask for any part of it incident that factually changed me which is one of the reasons i was so afraid and so anxious about whenever it came to having sex with my own boyfriend after that or even talking about sex believe me i'm not the person that i am today at the time for fuck's sake i was in 8th what 8th grade 9th grade i was 12 13 years old that was i think i told him i was 13 years old i think i was 12 at the time maybe 11 i don't remember i always tell them wrong age which is i think one of the reasons i got on grinder at the wrong time that's another issue but that guy who less than in an hour changed so much for me made me see so many things differently and most probably changed the entire outlook of mine for intimacy for my entire entire life he that that motherfucker calls me out of the blue and expects what forgiveness and i i know that i might be angry right now i i am angry believe me i was angry a lot if you would have talked to me in th- 3 days ago that's when his call came forgiveness i i i couldn't sleep i couldn't eat fuck i couldn't shit i stared at my laptop screen for hours i don't even remember what i was watching this was it this was me going down that rabbit hole again i i was i was doing all the wrong things i was not eating i was not shitting i was not sleeping i was thinking about it all the time i was staring at laptop screens for hours i was not talking to anyone i thought of calling my therapist but i think at that point i did not i did call her after that after what i i after i had some time with it but i knew that i had to do something i got up it was 6 in the evening i pulled out my yoga mat went to some hips some weird hips don't lie yoga asana and then i meditated at first it didn't work i meditated 2 hours later it didn't work at that time and then i went when i went to sleep i couldn't actually sleep so i just closed my eyes started humming this song in my head and when i woke up the next morning i i i just cried again but this was somewhat different than the trying that i was doing earlier this was letting things out as survivors i think we are expected to hold on to this anger to hold on to this rage to hold on to the sadness and i believe that at some point we need all of that we need that to make us strong to remind us what we have endured 
to remind us that we can take we have thick skin and we can take a lot more than we than we think we have that anger we have that rage for a long time i have been one of those stereotype the hot headed queer who at the mention of some kind of rights or protest or human rights violation civil rights violation would just you know get up into the room and get into some guy's face and tell him that now you are wrong we don't deserve it he doesn't deserve it they do, they don't deserve this and then there's the other stereotype you know the sad depressed queer i but you know what i i can't i i possibly couldn't anymore i i got up i looked in the mirror and i tell myself her shit you're building a life for yourself you're doing things and all of a sudden this motherfucker comes out of the blue shakes your entire world you didn't ask for it you didn't ask for any part of it and 6 year later he comes out of it and he thinks that he can just apologize to you and that just makes it okay and then i had this other voice in my head which said you know what he's not actually thinking about it you're the one thinking about it he doesn't give two farts about what you do right now or what you would do after 10 years you know what and you know what who actually gives a fuck other people in your life who have been there who have who you might or might not have let in in your life but who are there for you and who deserve the better one the the person they can rely on and i'm not saying that you know you don't have to take time for yourself if you are not at that stage honey take your time but i think i am i did not do all that work on myself went into therapy <laughs> i did so much embarrassing stuff but to let someone like him have that kind of power over me uh uh-uh, no ma'am i have two two options in front of me to be angry at the at me at myself at world make all the noise i can or i can let it go now and my mind and my body just kept telling me harshit let go it's not like the first option isn't relevant it is it so is that is one of the most visible and fucking used path for the people who actually get change done they are the change makers but i'm going to do the ladder you know what and y'all know trana burke who founded the hashtag me to women 10 years ago for all of us i think not just the women especially for the women but not just for women for all the sexual assault survivors and i won't in a million of years million years partake in the shame or the culture of silence that is most of the times expected of us as survivors or as people who are involved with the survivors as queers as people of color i i won't do that i i can't because that would be disrespectful disrespectful to the women like tarana burke to women who came 
forward with their stories to people of all genders who fought so long and so hard for us to get here. And I'm that would be straight up disrespectful to myself because I did the hard work. I I I I I went to therapy. I poured my heart out in front of a stranger. Believe it or not, therapy is helpful, but it's so fucking hard the first time that you sit in front of that person on a couch and you're what expected to talk about all the shit that happened to you. But I did that. I went through all of that. I met people. I made friends, and I somehow moved on from that. I suppressed that memory, and that guy. still has the power to call me after 6 years motherfucking 6 years and i'm so sorry i'm swearing this much this time in this episode but i don't care he has the audacity and frankly the authority to shake my word like this i i'm not alone in this and you know how i know that because i've actually met others like me quote and quote others they're not the same i was i'm not the same i was a victim of child sexual abuse i think the other person could be a waitress who was raped by her boss in the kitchen it could be a trans person it most probably will be a trans person raped in a workplace or in school hospital or some kind of office it could be a fellow queer person or or it might be a cisgender person it our details might be different but it I think it's the trauma at the end of the day that still connects us all. And now more than ever, I think I can say that I'm not alone. I I I I I got my sisters, I got my queers, I got my brothers, my non-binary friends. I got you all. I'm gonna be okay. That is how I know that. So I did. I chose to let go of that rage. All the anger. I called the guy back and I told him the same. I told him I don't know if he was telling me the truth or meant any motherfucking word of it. I he tried to interrupt me. I said, "Shut up. This is my moment. I don't care if you're bisexual or not. You did something really bad. That doesn't cut it for me. That just does not that apology was shitty. And if you think that you can do that, I I hope you haven't done that to anyone else. I I really do because not everyone and i know this from experience i have lost people in my life i lost a friend in 11th grade to suicide and people just cannot not everyone gets the help not everyone have the people in their life that care about them i didn't i felt so bad for so long and i told him you didn't something really fucking bad and it is only right if you feel bad about it you should feel the worst bit because you actually cannot you're not at the receiving end of it you don't know what you did you might have this idea of you did of you doing something wrong and you're apologizing for me so at what 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 do you want absolution redemption uh uh-uh. but you know what you get to feel bad about it i don't I don't have to hold on to this any longer than I have. I I don't want to say I forgive you because I don't think that I I'll ever be able to do that. I don't think so. No. I don't think any any survivor any victim can ever forgive their rapist or sexual assault 
doer or whatever we cannot do that that is that might be expected of us but that's that shit is not possible but i don't have to hold on to this any longer so you know what i accept your apology that's it i said that i i you cannot ever take that back what you did or how it left me it left so many holes so many burns in me but i can let it go because i choose myself i decide that i'm going to be my own person and i fucking deserve it and then i hung up i know this might not be the actual or the very popular idea not most of us not i i again i think i think i'm i'm lucky in so many sense i i i might be might be a little disrespectful that i am saying that but i think i still think that i'm lucky in so many cases that i did not get penetrated that way that day or in that way i i'm happy it has scarred me for life i still haven't i still feel so much bad every time so hesitant every time i think about it i might you might know me as the kind of person who is talking about sex all the time i am that yes i do identify as a samantha from sex in the city but you don't know me most of the people don't know me there's a lot of hurt inside of this cheery queer you see on the outside and i that is one of the reasons i started this podcast that people like me we have to put on this face we have to put on this persona every time we step out of our house or we, every time we step into this metro train or on the bus or on the rickshaw or walk into some kind of room of or some kind of educational institution and we are expected to hide our hurt and believe me i do it so well no one in my life in the past 3 years that people i have known except for my best friend no one knows about this they might know about it now they are not they don't i can i can oh god so again i hope i have had some kind of important impact on something inside of you if you are a fellow survivor i wish that you know that you are not alone if you feel that way text me call me i'm on insta as i am her should be or being queerish email me if you want do whatever you want to do talk to someone if you are th- if you are thinking that you're at that stage and if you're not that's okay that's just fine you don't have to do anything take your time if you are listening to this and you are not a survivor just know that you can do a lot just by listening just by being there just by saying the right things oh god i wrote this entire script and i still didn't follow any word i i don't have much to say i just want to say that this is my story a part of my story this actually doesn't define me 
some people might say that you know i actually have people say to me the therapist that i was seeing actually asked me this question i know that she did, she didn't mean it any in any offensive or disrespectful way but she asked me at that time she's like did you know that you are gay at that time yeah she asked me that and a lot of people they just think that harshit you must have done something along the way to give that boy an impression that you wanted it or you were asking for it i did not give any kind of impression sign or consent to that motherfucker who did that horrible thing to me i am i just did not i am not i am not to blame for this and i think that's something that we all think about it i have come to this conclusion after 6 years after i've dated a wonderful boy i fell in love i lost him and i moved on and i i i made friends i pushed myself into work and i did the work and i realized this after 6 years so believe me when i say you can take your time you need that time and you have that time you get to have that time okay i'm going to stop now so if you think you have connected to my story if you want to come out with a feedback or something to me please do i'm not in a position to any i'm 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 not opposed to it i'm i actually welcome all of it but please take care of your mental health that guy in 6 years he made one phone call and he made me that bad feel that bad sorry he made me feel that bad i cannot even imagine if someone else is going through something i just want you to know that you're not alone there are there are a lot of other people like us and you're going to find your own people believe me you will okay love you